Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Jazz Transcription Clinic podcast. Today, we will discuss how to get the most out of a solo that you have already transcribed. So we will do a bit of analysis of a solo that I have transcribed recently and a few ideas on how to incorporate, how to embed those ideas that you find in the solo that you transcribe into your own playing and improv. So let's get started. The solo will be the Chris Potter solo on All the Things You Are, a solo that have kept me busy uh, for the last month or so. And I have already prepared the platform Sounds Lies, uh, you know, with uh, a bit of analysis already going on, so I can talk to you about that. Please remember, guys, to subscribe to my channel. It means a lot. It keeps me motivated. And throw a question, throw a comment, if you like, in the video below. It really helps me to understand what you uh, look into uh, on YouTube and what you want to learn uh, from the transcribing art. So let's get started. The solo is uh, this one, you remember. So the fact that uh, we write it down is really for analysis purposes. So if I just want to learn the solo, I probably don't even write it down. I know that on the podcast, I have to uh, show you something and I have to show how I'm doing it. So I'm going to write it down. But it happened in the past that I transcribed something just because I loved what I was hearing and uh, I wanted to learn it and I didn't even write it. I just memorize it and and then use a few of the ideas. But for today's show, I thought it was good uh, to analyze it with you. So first thing that I've noticed is that here, both Chris Potter and Shai Maestro, the pianist, are working on the note uh, concert G. So remember, this is written for B-flat instruments and tenor saxophone. So you can tell that what he is thinking here is a sort of melodic pedal with a note A constantly played there. I missed these three A's, but they should be blue as well. So have a listen. So this is a first idea, right? That you can keep a note and then of course you adapt, adapt the note uh, to the harmony. So the idea is play A, and A, the note A sounds wonderful on all those chords, right? It's the tonic here, is the fifth here, is the fifth here, is the ninth on G minor, is the 13 on C7, and then it's the three on F major. It's a major seven. So you keep the same note and the harmony goes underneath and changes the weight of the note itself. So when you play the tonic, like here, uh, there's not much weight. When you play 
Um, the fifth, of course, it's the same. It's not much tension again, but then you play the ninth, you play the 13th, you play the major seventh here, and you start having you know, some differences in the relationship between those notes and the harmony. And then, of course, a staying on A would have sounded a bit dodgy to resolve on A major on the tonic. So the great Chris Potter goes down to G sharp to resolve on the major seven. Right? And so that's that could be one of the first ideas that you uh, can practice. Let, let's see some other ones. And I, I'll practice after. Uh, after I have analyzed the solo, I will show you how to practice those ideas. So another idea that he he's taking here on A major, so we are in the bridge here, is a rhythmic idea and a melodic shape idea. So that's again, it's wonderful because he's taking a simple idea. It's all diatonic. Remember, diatonic means of the scale. And he's playing uh, the same idea with the same shape, the same rhythm, but starting on a different note. Here he starts on the sixth or the 13, if you like. And here he starts on the ninth and changing. Hmm? the harmony. So here he introduces the G sharp because the chord we are going towards F sharp major 7 and then the same idea as before but instead of going to D sharp and C sharp he goes to E sharp and C sharp and D sharp sorry which is the flat 9 uh, of this chord here. Hmm? So it's like morphing one simple idea according to the harmony. Is that right? Does it make sense? So we can all see that. Hmm? And let me show you what you can do uh, to practice an idea like that. So first of all, we can, I don't know, we can loop this section and just play over and over to learn that melody. like changing a little bit right just or changing slightly the rhythm 
yeah, maybe that's uh, not as good as the Chris Potter idea. Uh, but this is what you can do. Or you can start even here from the bridge to start with that idea. Right. Or again on B minor seven, maybe I start on a D. Right. Makes sense. So I can show you now. So this is Unreal Pro, and of course in Unreal Pro you can loop a section and play it as a loop. So we are going to take that Chris Potter idea and play over the bridge and try to develop some more ideas. I'll show you. So as you can hear, I'm trying to develop those ideas and I can spend uh, a lot of time doing that. Now I have condensated. I liked some of the ideas. I didn't like some other ideas that I played. And then, you know, you can also do, uh, for example, the whole form trying to use just that idea. Da -da 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 -da. Right, that melodic shape and that rhythm. I'll give you an example. Thank you. 
So you can hear that what I'm doing here is just developing this simple idea that uh, Chris Potter has put in into place. And I can guarantee you guys that if you do that for uh, you know a couple of days, you take one idea and you play over and over. And even you can try, I don't know, over a blues form, over another chord progression that you know pretty well. And I can guarantee you that after a few months, that idea will start coming out. Because you need some time to process those ideas, but with practicing, you know, we can do that. So that's great. And let's keep going with the analysis. So here I have highlighted a so-called enclosure. The enclosure is a bebop tool that you can put in place to uh, make you sounding more bebop or uh, a bit more modern because the enclosure is surrounding a target note with some notes that are not part of the chord or are chromatic to the harmony, etc. etc. So uh, you can have an enclosure of two notes, three notes, four notes, five notes, uh, six, seven notes. You remember some of the lines that Parker used to play. Etc. Etc. So I highlighted the enclosure in red or uh, burgundy and then in bright green you have the target note that here is actually going towards the C-sharp diminished chord, so it's playing and this is a simple idea guys that you can, for example, this is a very common four notes enclosure and you can take it and practice over the cycle of fifths, for example, right? So you take that little enclosure with your target, and if you start the cycle, let's say I'm starting on C over the cycle, and then my target note is C. So I will be playing B flat, B natural, D, D flat, and C. And you can go around the cycle, right? <laughs> etc etc um, so that could be another way you know to incorporate ideas this is a very famous enclosures um, and then what else let's keep analyzing so here there is another idea that he takes after this wonderful phrase you know he takes this idea right at the end so sometimes the ideas are at the beginning of a phrase or he starts with a new idea, but sometimes he likes to grab 
just the end of the idea. And as you can see, this is pretty similar, right? Right? So this idea here, And then, of course, developing the last part, changing the rhythm, and then leaving. Hmm? But leaving is still sort of ti da do da. You remember ti da do da. Remember this one, right? So again, adapting the harmony, adapting the notes, and. <laughs> And you can tell, you know, that this is how he is thinking in this I section. Hmm? So again, guys, you can loop this right through here and then play. And that, you know, can go on and then you can open a real pro and practice that idea, um, as I showed you before. And then here there is a little bit of a change, even though everything that Chris Porter plays is like a consequence of what he has just played or maybe what the piano has played, what's going on around him. And that means one big important thing, guys, that you need to listen. You need to listen to what's going on around you. So here, for example, uh, from C sharp to B, that's a minor seven interval. And then guess what? There is a minor seven interval here. There is a sixth here, a minor sixth, and then a minor sixth here and a minor sixth here. You see the shape of those ideas do do di da do di da do di do do da do do de da do do di do do di. It's like you know a baroque composer where you know that the texture and the <coughs> the ideas are interconnected and are just a consequence of what just happened and it's fascinating and I can tell you guys it's not magic even though it seems like magic that he's able to do it in real time it's not magic you practice a lot those things so like even this idea here and I like the fact that he's He's taking the same idea, but he's going away in a very smooth way. Hmm? But even this one, guys, is, is exceptionally good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, you can practice that idea on a real pro. Maybe you can try to apply over the bridge section. So, it would be. Something like that. You can try to adapt the same idea on uh, on a different section of the piece, or on a different chord progression, or on a cycle, etc., etc. Let's keep going. Uh, on the bridge, he does this. Uh, and I already told when I transcribed this to you guys that is how quick is they are to interconnect and grab the same idea. Listen. It seems like they are playing some written solos, right? It takes just one bar and the tempo is pretty fast, you know? And it takes just one bar to click in and start working on that and create this beautiful like sort of fugue movement. Right? And so those four notes descending, this is what they are working on. And then, you know, reverse, or how do you say, uh, inverted direction, instead of, but then it's still there. Da -da 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 here, right? So that's how good you can become, you know, if you practice in this way. You take one small idea and you try to get the most out of it. And you can go on and on and on, you know, but grab those little ideas. Once you identify what the seminal idea is, put it in practice. And then there is another another enclosure here. 
right? Of four notes, a bit different from the one before, but it's still an enclosure. Listen how logical. Right? I love that line. And then you can keep going. Something like that. Or... it does make sense to you right so again we can switch to uh, iReal Pro and I don't know let's play from from top maybe a little bit slower we go to 110 and we start from top and we try to play that So, that was one chorus using that idea that we just, you know, analyzed here. Uh, 
And you know, you can keep going, you can keep going and play 250 chorus using just that idea. And this is how you embed those ideas into your playing. Hmm? Again, enclosures. So B is the target note on G sharp half diminished, and he turns around. And then same on the C sharp. So literally the notes he's thinking here are D sharp, B, B, G sharp and C sharp. These are the notes that he's thinking. But the enclosure movement is so embedded in his fingers that he doesn't even have to think at it. And it sounds beautiful, it sounds so bebop, right? That's a beautiful line that probably I would love to, I don't know, play in 12 keys and transpose in 12 keys. It's a 2-5, so it's really important that we learn how to play on 2-5s. I can probably use the sound slice speed training so initial speed 70%, final speed 100%, increase speed by 10, each speed plays, let's say, two times. OK, and play. Great. Of course, we should probably practice the whole line, but just this bit is gorgeous, isn't it? I, yeah, I should have colored also this idea here because you can you can see that. Right, and you can see that you know he he sticks to his own ideas, and of course he's able to produce wonderful uh, ideas, but he never leave an idea alone. You know, it's before he moves to the next idea, there is always you know some development of the previous idea. Um, like here, there is an approach note, approach note, two note enclosure. So these are the notes that he's thinking, A, C, E flat, and G. And with approach notes or a little enclosure of two notes, he makes it sound completely different because this is an arpeggio, right? Three, five, flat seven, and nine. And the chord is F7. So three, five, flat seven, nine. And it would sound a bit, you know, too simple. But...
right? So you can really transform by adding little enclosures or approach nodes, you can transform a simple idea like an arpeggio into something really good and sounding really great. And you lose the sense of the arpeggio, you lose the sound of the arpeggio, it doesn't sound too simple anymore. So again, you practice those lines, you practice those idea, approach nodes, you start with simple ideas on, for example, uh, an arpeggio of 135, and you, you throw in some approach notes. So the arpeggio would be... And so on, right? I was adding different types of enclosures, different types of notes. And by the the end of the process, you're still thinking uh, the the simpler page, but what you sound is completely different, and is much much better than a simpler page. And then you know there is this new idea using a fake or alternate key for uh, the F on the saxophone. Right, so he's working on this idea, and then look at that. So he's working on this idea of two crotchets, and the second one is longer. And then displace those crotchets, which was, and I marked in blue. This is from where he got it. So So those two crotchets here, papa, are a consequence of these two crotchets. And even though he seems that he abandoned that idea, he didn't. And here he goes back to his own idea. And then this is great, you know, on beat one and beat two, and here on beat three and beat four tied to the beat one. And then he plays this extremely long and complex line with an enclosure again on the A, and then he plays again. There is an F in between, but the idea is the same. Ba-ba, right? Right? And this is what gets me the most, right? The ability of carry on your own ideas, even after such a complex line, you still 
try to develop something. So you don't play one thing and then you move on and a new thing, move on, new thing, move on, new thing. You always need to develop your own ideas, right? Um, and then, you know, to practice those stuff, there is only one way, guys. You need to practice super slow. So, for example, I don't know, let's start at 50%. So you can tell, right? And I can spend a couple of hours just on one line, right? And then you grab the next one and you do the same, right? Don't try to learn it at a super fast speed. It's not going to happen. So we need to start slow. Like, as I said, 50%. Thank you. 
And I have to stop here because there is the middle part that I can't play at 90. So I have to go back and focus on the middle part. And you do that, you do that, and then you learn it. Now, I don't want to take too much time because here in this part, he's shredding. So I will have to, you know, practice a lot. Also, this thing here, this monster. The only problem is that it's like quadruple the speed. So you can practice, as I said, uh, at a very slow tempo and you can develop a pretty good technique. Uh, what I'm fascinating on is, is that he's able to change the notes at that speed according to the harmony. You see that here on G sharp, half diminished or G sharp minor, uh, He's just introducing A sharp and D sharp to the harmony, right? And before he played A natural because the harmony was A major. And here there is, of course, a C sharp 7, so a lot of C sharp resolving on F sharp major. And he's in total control of everything. Right? And then other ideas. Uh, a seventh interval going up. A seventh interval going up. That's a wonderful line. Right? And again, you like it, you take it, and you practice. is the minus seven interval but descending so the opposite is it yeah probably i would say it is conscious right working on seventh intervals he loves seventh intervals <laughs> And you can do one chorus at, uh, like, let's say 140, and you try to think of the seventh interval hmm, to play. Oh. 
I was thinking just the seventh interval and I started developing some ideas there, right? So, and it's just coming out from an idea that I found in his solo. And it's just wonderful, right? Again, melodic pedal. It's a great tool. You find a good note, you stick to it. And here he's changing the color of his playing. He's going towards a more soul, rhythm, and blues playing. Uh, there will be also some blue notes starting to kick in. And then he again takes one rhythm. So you can see that he is playing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 bars with one single idea. And here he's changing the rhythm, but the shape and the core of the idea is the same. Right? You can see. It's a little variation, but it creates more interest. And then again, a little bit different, but the core of the idea is the same. A sort of arpeggio descending, and then a wide interval. And it goes back to the initial idea. Crochet, 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 quaver, quaver, tied into a crochet. And keeps going. Right? And this is so gorgeous. Listen. It's so beautiful because you can you can literally follow him, right? You can follow him on on his playing, and I like it. So it's, it's too good, right? And you practice, you take that idea, ta 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 da, ta 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 da, and you go back to a real pro, and and you do it. Let's do it a bit faster this time, and. Mm -hmm. 
etc. Right? So uh, let me go back to this screen. And again, other ideas. Working on two nodes, an interval. Right? That's as simple as that. You take two notes and you play. It reminds me of an exercise that sometimes I do to improve my uh, imagination and my ability to create more with less. And so the exercise is that I only use one hand to improvise, uh, and that limits you know my options a lot. And like in this case, uh, he goes down to F. Or sometimes the, the same idea, but I choose a range. Like in this case, you know, the range is from, let's say from B, from C, from C to F. So you only have, you only have those notes. And, and again, you know, you can open any uh, track that you want and you simply uh, played using just that uh, range. going forever right all right and then a rhythmic idea let's keep moving this is like the same idea displacing all the accents 
right? Again, there is a melodic pedal here going on. And some more shreds. Right, we enter the blues here. Right, and then I love this one. It's a strange rhythm, but it works so well. And he plays the head out. So I hope you guys found this episode really interesting. I have a lot of work to do. I want to practice hard some of those ideas. And hopefully, you know, you will me hear uh, you will hear me playing some of those ideas processed into my playing, right? And played uh not any more consciously attached to this solo, but the work that you do is to embed uh, all those ideas into your playing. And then in a while you will forget the source of the solo. Sometimes, you know, I uh, hear myself playing, I hear a recording of myself playing, uh, and then soon after I put on a record that I love, and all of a sudden, I hear, I don't know, Stan Gates or Joe Henderson playing my lines, right? <laughs> of course, this is a joke, but this is what happens, that you lose the consciousness of the source. And that's great. That's great. We can do that. We are not stealing. We are not copying. We are just getting inspiration from the greatest. So I hope you enjoy Please subscribe to my channel and see you next time. Bye-bye.